0: Hello, cryptid-loving listeners. As a friendly reminder from us here at the Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast, we frequently make crude jokes, sprinkle our sentences with naughty words, and discuss mature
1: content. Most of which may not be appropriate for all age groups. Listener discretion is advised. Now please enjoy. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I think it has sub in there. I'm assuming it's one of those um, non-man sub or, or the smaller oh, ones man, or something. I was excited. I <laughs> they got old, old nuclear sub in there. We're going to airlift this motherfucker down. <laughs> Boop. Boop. I see nothing. So really <laughs> I'm going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. <laughs> Woo! Welcome back. Don't Touch My Sasquatch Podcast. We're your hosts, I am Josh. I continue to be London. And we explore controversial topics with energy and a good laugh. We're two guys that have a love and passion for these topics. There are things they may have heard of, but you may not know the full story of that. Well, we're here to tell you those stories, share our opinions, and let you come to your own conclusions. We'll do the research so that you don't have to. Now keep in mind, or keep your mind open to the possibilities that things they just may not be as they appear. All the time. In 1971, a man boarded Northwest Orient Airline Flight 305 heading from Portland, Oregon to Washington, Seattle, Washington. Wearing a black suit, a clip-on tie, and carrying a briefcase. He sat in seat. He sat in his seat. Seat 18E. During the flight, he slipped a note to a flight attendant who probably thought it was just another guy trying to hit on her. But that wasn't just any old note, and this wasn't just any ordinary man. The events that followed have left the FBI searching for answers, and is still one, still the only unsolved case of air piracy. So sit back, stow your tray tables, and put your parachutes on as we dive into the curious case of D.B. Cooper. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. One of the most famous unsolved cases in United States history is that of the hijacking by a mysterious man known as D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper has since become a legend, a legend portrayed in many forms of pop culture, all of which explained his story and fate. But no one knows the fate of the man that hijacked an airline in 1971, only the story that he left behind. Let's follow the order of events of that day from the beginning. Let's do it. On the afternoon of November 24th, 1971, an, order, an ordinary middle aged white man in a suit carrying a briefcase strolled into Portland International Airport and purchased a one way ticket to Seattle, Tacoma on Northwest Orient Airlines Flight 305. Loki Lofferson. Yes. Yes. Is that how you say his last name? I'm pretty sure. I think it works. The this man identified himself as Dan Cooper and thus was printed on his ticket and the flight records. He boarded the Boeing 727 and sat in an 18E an aisle seat. Ordered a bourbon and soda and slipped on his infamous sunglasses. Aboard the plane were 36 passengers. The crew was compromised 36 passengers not oh. including the crew. The crew was comprised of pilot Captain William Scott, first officer Bob Radisak. Radisak.
1: Were they compromised or comp- comprised? Comprised. Oh, I thought you said compromised. I'm sorry. might have. I meant comprised. No. <laughs> I was just... I'm like, they were
0: compromised. <laughs> Shit, we have them all. <laughs> they might have been. I'll get to Possibly. that in my theory. Yeah. Flight engineer H.E. Anderson and flight attendants Tina Mucklow and Florence Schaffner. Schaffner. I wrote Schaefer in the rest of my notes, but Schaffner.
1: Schaffner. Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Hi, Florence. A bit young for you.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> she's younger than me. No, she's not. No, she is. No, she's not. Okay. <laughs> this, uh, the, one, the plane. There, there's a little scat we do. a little music in there. Yeah. The plane departed on schedule at 4.35 p.m. and made its ascent. Shortly after takeoff, Cooper handed a note to the flight attendant, Floyd Schaffner. Mm. She slipped the note into her pocket, ignoring it, and continued doing her job. And like you had mentioned, it was common in this time for flight attendants to be hit on and given notes for exactly. phone numbers. And I'm sure it's still and it still is, honestly. Probably. So she just ignored it. And of course. Except water. there's
1: this man just staring at her. Uh,
0: he was kind of weird. The next time she walked by, Cooper motioned for her attention and brought her close, spoke softly to her, telling her she better read the note and warned her that he had a bomb. Bitch, read the note. She hurried to the galley, where she and the other flight attendant read the note and quickly carried the news to the pilot, who immediately alerted air traffic control to the situation. From there, this, yeah. follow me, air traffic control called Seattle police, mm-hmm. Seattle police called the FBI, mm-hmm. and the FBI called Airlines President Donald Europe, 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 And told Yep. <laughs> Sounds like a burp. <laughs> oh, that's my burp. I know. N- Europe außer- told the FBI that nope. they should comply. N- Europe with Cooper's demands to prevent a needless tragedy and most likely bad PR. Yeah. Yeah. The note was asked to be given back by Cooper, but his demands were as follows: He wanted two hundred thousand dollars in cash delivered. All in non-sequential $20 bills on arrival in Seattle. Yeah. He wanted two sets of parachutes, so that's four total. Yes. A fuel truck at the ready mm-hmm. when they landed. And if his demands were not met, he would do the jab. Do it. It was determined that the weight was the reasoning for the request in the bill size. Because too large a bill would be less paper, mm-hmm. you know, if it was hundreds, and two. Smaller of a bill would be more weight for Wait, more paper.
1: For what, though? For parachuting down. Oh, but. so he needed a certain weight is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So he calculated
0: all that. Yes. Um, too large bill, too light, and, uh, and package for descent is whatever. Yeah. The FBI made sure to give him non-sequential bills, but they sneakily gave him ones with a serial number beginning with L. Mm-hmm. His note warned against any quote-unquote funny business. <laughs> He moved over to the window seat.
1: I want no funny business, you see? You see?
0: None of it yet. You heard? (laughs) (laughs) He moved over to the window seat and requested Schaffner to sit in the aisle seat next to him. He opened up his briefcase just wide enough for her to see the wires and red colored sticks and motioned for her to go talk to the pilot and told him to circle the air until his demands were ready. The plane approached Seattle, and on the ground, the demands were being satisfied. Parachutes were acquired from a local skydiving school. He was given two sets of chutes, two front and two back. The FBI radioed to the pilot, who was now circling in the air above that, that they were ready. Side note, none of the passengers knew where this was all happening.
1: They were just told that there was a... Are you going to talk about what they were told?
0: Yeah. Okay. They they were just told something totally different. Go ahead. No, no. no. Okay. Uh, The pilot blamed a mechanical issue for why they were circling and not landing. Uh, So the pilot...
1: Nope. Yeah, they, they, uh, they said they had to fly around to uh, empty some fuel so that there was less risk of ignition of the fuel from the electrical issue. Gotcha. That's is what I read. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay, so cool.
0: the plane landed, and as Cooper requested, they taxied over to a well-lit remote area. He had the cabin lights dimmed low and requested that the courier to the plane come alone and that no vehicles should approach the plane. Don't you fucking do it. <laughs> no. But one vehicle did. It was a company car from Northwest Orient Airlines.
1: Oh, they were going to give him a little uh, VIP treat. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't think. Uh, it,
0: inside was an employee for Northwest Airlines. Oh. Um, he had the money in the chutes in hand.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: Cooper then demanded attendant Tina Mucklow to lower the stairs for the handoff. Once he had his money and he had his chutes in hand, he released everyone on board except for Tina Mucklow and the three men who occupied the cockpit. The cake cockpit. The, c- the cake, cake, cockpit. Cockpit. <laughs> the cake cockpit. cockpit. He denied the FAA officials' request to board the plane to warn him of the punishment and dangers of air piracy. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, can we just uh, board the plane just to talk to you for a I second? I just want to let you know how dangerous what you're doing is. That's no? Okay. We'll, we'll leave afterwards. I swear we won't do any funny business. Yeah. Uh, so he denied his
0: request, but what he couldn't deny was that the FAA official then um, s- spoke to the captain and had it read over the intercom to him, <laughs> so he did have to listen. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> you turn, turn this shit off! off. <laughs> oh, wow, that was pretty good. It was good.
0: <laughs> um, he asked Tina Mucklow to explain to him the operation of the stairs to the jet, more specifically on how to open them during flight which she said wasn't possible until he told her
1: she was wrong. Yeah, there's actually a manual, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird to have, but, you know, what? whatever. Well, you like, think they that know. they would just be trained how to do it, and they wouldn't have a manual on the plane be like, hey, anybody could just go down there and find out.
0: Well, what happens if something happens to the flight attendants? Fuck the flight attendant. That's not, that's a that's a hard oh, work. No, no, job. that's what he
1: was trying to do. That's probably what he was trying to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, so this was, was all just a you know ploy. They were in on it together. Mm, that is the theory. That's a theory. Which uh, it was Mucklow, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, Mucklow, Mucklow, Muckley. and the three people in the cock bit, mm-hmm.
0: as well as Darnabas Baines Cooper. <laughs>
1: it's a great name. Great name. Yeah, I good. call him Douchebag Cooper, but mm-hmm. hey. Douchebag. <laughs> Intelligent douchebag,
0: but douchebag. Yeah, so he told her she was wrong about it. You're wrong! So he somehow knows. He then requested the pilot to take him to Mexico City and that the plane would fly below 10,000 feet and no faster than 150 knots. Yeah. The pilot explained to Cooper that the plane could not sustain a trip for that that far Mm -hmm. at that altitude and that speed without running out of fuel, even on its 52,000 gallons of fuel. Yeah. They agreed upon a refueling stop in Reno, Nevada. Now, Cooper knew that the Boeing 727 could be fueled at 4,000 gallons a minute when they were... 4,000 gallons a minute. So while they were at Seattle Mm -hmm. and they were fueling up, he was quick to yell at them about the delay because he knew how long this should be taking, but it was taking too long. So he got suspicious. So he yelled at them. Mm, He's got a lot of knowledge in
1: aviation. Aviation. Exactly. Didn't he also? Well, request, like a, yeah, sorry. Uh, didn't he also, in his request of demands to the pilot, request that the back stairwell be down when they took off, which the pilot said that's impossible and we can't take off like that. I did not see reason? that.
0: No. I did not see that. Maybe, hmm. but I did not see it. <laughs> um, once again, he knows a lot about. This plane, a route was planned out to Mexico City that met his flight demands. The route would take them west of the mountain ranges as he demanded and also below 10,000 feet and slower than 150 knots. He also requested that the cabin be depressurized so that the cabin would be equalized with the outside when he when he drops the stairs to jump. The plane took off from Seattle at 746 p.m. He requested that Tina Mucklow and the three others remain in the cockpit for the duration of the trip. They were unaware of anything he did within the plane behind the cockpit door because it was a sealed door shut. Right. But around 8 p.m., an alarm went off in the cockpit, warning of a door being open. the co- The pilot asked over the intercom. The cock. The
1: cock. <laughs> co- co- asked over the intercom. Say, hey, is everything all right back there? That's what he said. <clears throat> and Cooper, oh, sorry. I don't know, I, was, I couldn't think of anything a cock would say. So no, it's okay, I that just, is what he said. He yelled, <laughs> was, is, there,
0: is there anything that, is there anything we can do to, <laughs> yeah. The pilot asked over the intercom if there was anything they could do, to which he angrily screamed, no! <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, and stop was, talking to me. That was the last anybody ever heard of him. At 824, the plane dipped slightly. The pilot assumed that this was due to the stairs being lowered. Right. He noted the location. They were 25 miles north of Portland, near... The Lewis River. Mm -hmm. They remained silent in the cockpit for the duration of the flight in case he was still in the plane and they break the demand put upon them. Right. At 10.15, the plane arrived in Reno with the back staircase down. (laughs) The pilot fished for a response over the intercom, which was met with silence. He was gone. All that remained of D.B. Cooper on flight 305 was a clip-on tie and two unused parachutes. All the remains of DB Cooper in history is a clip-on tie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's get into that, huh? Yes. So the initial response to the crime scene investigation, upon landing in Reno, Nova- I'm assuming I'm, that was thrown to me, right? Yes. Oh, okay, sorry. Upon landing in Reno, a Nevada State Journal reporter took advantage of a shortwave radio and captured the following conversation between the pilot. Pilot at the pilot and the radio tower. We will be landing with the st- air stairs down. We have not communicated with our passenger. He then told them that they'd be landing the plane 8 p.m. straight up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if straight up means like, like you know, 8 p.m. on the dot or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know It's straight up. I don't know either. But, it also... Um, it's also never. weird
0: because it said it landed at ten fifteen from what I read. But I also went to another website, and it said something on different, but most of what I got info was from was yeah. from the FBI's actual website.
1: Yeah, I got... This part wasn't from the FBI's website. So maybe anyway, it was 10-15, 11. It's as I don't it know. There's always Whatever. different stories. <laughs> Interesting, right? Yes. Uh, at that point, no one knew for sure if Cooper, as you said, was still on the plane or not. Joe Martin, who is a retired Washoe County Sheriff's deputy, said... We all took up position. I was at the north end of the rail. Not the railway. Sorry, the runway. <laughs> the plane went right over us and landed. That's when we found out he was gone. I'm guessing just because the stairwell was back. Because seeing a plane landing, you can't tell if someone's on the fucking plane or not. Right,
0: right, right.
1: <laughs> oh, there's the plane. Ah, he's gone, isn't he? Oh, fuck, I, I knew it. I sense it. it. <laughs> like, what the hell? After the plane had landed, the plane radioed the tower, stating that The hijacker took leave of us somewhere between Reno and Seattle. What did you have them saying? Mm. When they radioed the tower? Oh, maybe you didn't have that. Anyways. No. The hijacker took leave of us somewhere between Reno and Seattle. Immediately following the plane landing, following the plane landing, law enforcement agencies, including that of the FBI, did an extensive investigation of said plane. They used police dogs and searched the area... Area searched the airport grounds and a search was also launched in the nearby Reno neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Back on the plane, the FBI collected 66 latent fingerprints not of DB Cooper, just 66 fingerprints yep. Cooper's black clip on tie, mm-hmm. a mother of pearl tie clip that was on the tie, mm-hmm. eight cigarette butts, and two of the four parachutes that Cooper demanded. Mm -hmm. After a thorough search of the plane, they then went on to interview eyewitnesses in Portland, Seattle, and Reno and developed a series of composite sketches. Mm -hmm. Three composite sketches to be exact. Let's start with composite sketch A. The first sketch that was made in November 28th, of 1971, just a few days after the hijacking, it was officially titled Composite A. But jokingly, it is known as Bing Crosby. Oh, okay. This one is the one I see all the time, by the way. Oh,
0: sorry, then I know it.
1: Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure you know it. Like the skin, well, let's get into it. According to the eyewitnesses, this sketch was not an accurate representation of D.B. Cooper's likeness. The sketch is of a young man with a narrow face and did not capture Cooper's disinterest or... Let's get this over with. Look. Okay. Flight attendant Florence Schaffner, Schaffner repeatedly told the FBI that this composite sketch was an extremely poor representation of what Cooper looked like. Okay. After multiple eyewitnesses saying that this sketch was not an accurate rendering, the FBI artist and FBI artist developed a second sketch known as Composite B. This sketch was completed in late nineteen seventy two and was intended to be a more accurate representation of Cooper's age, skin tone, and shape of his face. Mm-hmm. The eyewitnesses that the sketch was shown to the, the eye sketches <laughs> I <laughs> fucked that one up. <laughs> a little <bit>. The eyewitnesses <laughs> that the sketch was shown to said it was a more accurate representation, but it made him look too angry or too nasty, if you will. One flight attendant said she remembered cooper as being more refined in appearance okay and that depicted an older a man older than cooper with a lighter complexion so using that criticism the fbi artist made a necessary made the necessary adjustments and improvements to the sketch and on january 2nd 1973 the finalized revised composite b sketch was completed the feedback on this one from the flight attendant was that it was a very close resemblance to Cooper. Another flight attendant stated that the hijacker would be easily recognized from this sketch. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't tell which flight attendant said which, but yeah. there was only two of them, right? That right. they talk yes. about all the Correct. time. Correct, so, there was. Um, now, when you're looking at those three sketches, which one do you remember most? I always see the first one. I th- me too. That's the most famous one, so it's the one that looks least like him, but it's the most famous one. It's mm-hmm. interesting.
0: It's a big difference. It really is. I'm it's like it's just a completely different person.
1: If you look at by sketch the, A, all the world's way, smallest nose, right from A to th- the last one that they did, yeah, where it, it accurately represents him, it's just totally different to me, right? Which yeah. is crazy. I agree. Now, before we take an in-depth look... Cool shades, though.
0: What's that? It's cool shades, though. Right?
1: They're kind of like Ray-Bans. A little bit. Maybe he was a time traveler. Mm -hmm. Now, before we're taking an in-depth look into the physical evidence Mm -hmm. that they found, let's talk about the parachutes that Cooper demanded. No. No, Brock. The parachutes. Sorry. He's talking back again. During the hijacking, Cooper demanded and received four parachutes. As you stated, two Mm -hmm. main chutes which were back shoots and yep. two reserve chutes, which are front su- yeah, front chutes. The front chutes usually clipped onto to the back chutes and blah, blah, blah. But they didn't actually have the clips mm-hmm. they found out later. But that is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'd throw that in. The two reserve chutes came from a local skydiving school, and the two main chutes were supplied by a local pilot. The man who packed the four parachutes brought to Cooper was Earl Cossie. Cossie, mm-hmm. Cossie. Described, I'm sorry, the man who packed the four parachutes that were brought to Cooper, Earl Cossey, mm-hmm. described the two main chutes as emergency bailout parachutes as opposed to sporting parachutes the skydivers would use. Mm-hmm. Cossey further described the main chutes as being like military parachutes because they were rigged to open immediately upon the ripcord being pulled and were incapable of being steered. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of went. You didn't really have... But if he's a military guy, he'd be used to that. He would. Uh, One of the reserve chutes that Cooper was given was an unusable training Mm chute. It was only intended to be used in classroom demonstrations as it had a canopy inside that was sewn together so that skydiving students could get the feel of pulling a ripcord on a packed parachute without the canopy being deployed. Mm -hmm. So, one dummy shoot. So, if he's a experienced parachutist, he'd be able to notice that. If he isn't, well, let's hope he doesn't use that one. Yeah. Now, during the initial investigation of the plane, the FBI found four major pieces of evidence. We've stated it over and over again. It's a clip-on tie, a mother-of-pearl tie clip that was on the tie, hair from Cooper's headrest, Mm -hmm. and seat, and eight... Filter-tipped Raleigh cigarette butts from the armrest ar- ashtray. Now let's take a look at what evidence the investigation of these items garnered. What's up? Such a different time. What? Oh, I, yeah, smoking ashtray, on the plane? Ashtrays in the armrests <laughs> on the planes. Right. <laughs> bombs being allowed that to be cabin, on there. Geez.
0: The cabin of those planes must have been just a fucking smoke hot show. box of
1: cigarette smoke. Jesus Christ, I'd die. I'd die. I would die. I would die Horrible. And yet, they, a lot of them, well, they lived. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so, let's go over the physical evidence, my friend. All right. The tie and the tie clip. Yes. Let's start with that. So, in the seat where Cooper was sitting, the FBI found a black necktie with a gold tie clip attached. That's the mother-of-pearl tie clip. Yep. Sold exclusively at J.C. Penny department stores, but yeah. was discontinued in 1968. The FBI were able to build a partial DNA profile... From samples found on Cooper's tie back in 2001. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's no evidence that linked Cooper to the source of the DNA samples. So, what are you going to do? <laughs> you get that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, right? In 2009, a group of citizens known as the Cooper Research Team found, analyzed, and identified hundreds of organic and metallic particles on Cooper's tie. Mm hmm. Using electron microscopy. Microscopy. Hmm. Anyways, they identified lid, lycopodium spores, the source of which was likely pharmaceutical. The team also found particles of metal and rare earth particles, suggesting that Cooper may have worked for Boeing or another aeronautical engineering firm. At a chemical manufacturing plant or at a metal fabrication and Production facility. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they did this all from pictures because I doubt the FBI is like, yeah, sure, here's a tie. Let's no, check they, it out. They did. They did, really? They did allow them to have the t- to Interesting. test
0: on a tie. I, yeah, I know a little bit about this. Yeah. Okay. They also determined, if I don't. No, I'm done, to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm done with this. They also determined I'm done with this. Sorry. <laughs> that, which kind of makes sense. What's up? Because he had the tie on. Yeah. And he was uh, in these plants and stuff. He was probably some kind of management level because he was walking through there with a tie. If you were working on the stuff, you would have your suits on, to, you know, the special suits that you would wear to do it. Right. Or the, you know, the jumper. Of course. The, the one-piece suits, you know. Yeah. Um, so they determined that he was probably some kind of upper management or someone in charge of something because he had a tie in the plant.
1: Well, isn't that a little interesting? Yeah, I think. Like the, he had knowledge of things. Exactly. Now we move on from the tie. To the cigarette butts. Mm-hmm. They were located in the armrest ashtray of Cooper's seat, C- seat C- 18E. FBI agents found eight filter-tipped cigarette butts. They were sent to the FBI crime lab to search for fingerprints, but no fingerprints were found. Well, because they smoked them all when they got them. Right. <laughs> all the <laughs> he way. We did down. a good one. This that was great. a good one. That was a good Let's <laughs> try another. Uh, they were then sent back to the Vegas field office. You may ask. Why didn't they try to extract DNA from these these cigarette hey, butts? Hey, why didn't they try and extract DNA from these cigarette butts? Good question. Let me let me answer that. That's because DNA fingerprint wasn't used until eight, 1986 when police in the UK used it nice. to verify a suspect's confession that he was responsible for two rape
0: murders. What's that about? What year was that?
1: 1986.
0: They didn't start using fingerprints in cases until then?
1: DNA. Oh, DNA, DNA. fingerprints. D- DNA. Like... Extracting DNA off of stuff. Okay, okay, okay. I was yeah. gonna say, I feel like not fingerprints. Finger <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like fingerprints were like they, they were looking for ago. fingerprints. Okay, <laughs> they couldn't yeah. find them. Took, um, took most likely, what took me back. back. Yeah, you know, most likely, they could use gloves or something. I have no clue what Cooper was wearing on his hands, but somehow he didn't leave fingerprints. Probably was wearing gloves. Yeah, makes sense. He is a smart man. Well, in 1998, the FBI wanted to try and see if they could extract DNA from the cigarette butts. Unfortunately. They were destroyed while in custody of the Vegas field office. I told you they fucking smoked them. Smoking them if you got them. It's like they're like there's a little bit left on this guys, except I don't smoke. They're so like a bum at a gas station. <laughs> Fucker, it's like uh, people eating chicken wings. They leave so much on the bone. Right, they eat the whole thing. Yeah, you eat the bone too. The waste not. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. Marrow's good. <laughs> this is very good. Uh, we'll move on to the hair samples. All right. Please do. So the FBI. The FBI. The FBI. We <laughs> turned a little different. The FBI also found two hair samples in Cooper's seat. CD 18E. I'm joking. Uh, one was a single strand of limb hair that was found on the seat, and the other was a strand of brown Caucasian head hair that was found on the headrest. Okay. The limb hair was destroyed after the FBI crime lab determined that the sample lacked enough unique microscopic. Characteristics to be useful. Gone. Limb hair. Limb like hair. like, like arm, arm or leg. Okay. Yeah. It took
0: me a minute. I thought I was trying to figure out what the hell L I M hair was. I'm like, Limb? <laughs> what the fuck's a limb? And I was like, oh, limb. Got it. Oh uh, yeah. It right.
1: made sense. Uh, I was trying to come up with something for that acronym, L I M, but nothing came. So the head Lennon is male. <laughs> <laughs> Lennon is Lennon is moron. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not the head hair was determined to be suitable for future comparison, and preserved the hair on a microscope slide. Okay, ah, they were thinking ahead here. Yeah. In 2002, during the attempts to build a DNA profile for Cooper, the FBI discovered that the head hair sample had been lost.
0: Well, wow. great, Thanks. fantastic, that was awesome.
1: Thanks, guys. Good, good stuff. Great work. Good work, guys. <laughs> no more cigarette butts. No wonder this is no <laughs> fucking bunch of idiots doing this and just bumbled it every fucking step (laughs) of the way or did they was this all intentional no did he work with them somehow I don't think so I don't either Uh, parachutes after the plane had landed in Reno the FBI discovered two of the four parachutes as we discussed yeah Um, one of the reserve chutes and one of the main Uh chutes so he took one of the reserve chutes he took one of the main chutes yeah to me, it was immediately like, "Okay, the main chute he used to parachute down the reserve. He probably stuffed with cash sure." That's what I was thinking. That's what they thought. The reserve chute had been opened. Spoiler, sorry. sorry. The reserve chute had been opened, and three shroud lines, sorry, three shroud lines had been cut out. The main chute was that was left behind was still fully intact. The main chute, that is. Uh-huh. Maybe he asked for the second, the, the two. Blah. This is my own note, Okay, my thought process while I was doing this. Maybe he asked for the two main parachutes to give the illusion that he may take one of the four crew members with him so that the FBI wouldn't tamper with one of the main chutes. This ensured that he had a working parachute as they wouldn't want to risk a hostage using the faulty one and being killed.
0: And that is exactly what happened. Yeah, The FBI did have that thought process because of that. Um, So and yet he was still given a training shoot though. That's what I was confused by though.
1: Yeah, the training shoot though was one of the front ones. I don't think that's like that's what I'm confused about the back and the front one because the front one clips on to the back one. I'm I yeah I'm I'm confused about the fucking front shoot. Yeah, I don't get it either. Well, the training shoot was the front shoot. So I don't. Somebody write us and tell us, please do, because I've never been skydiving and I probably like pass out mid. I've, I will never go
0: skydiving, as you know. That's probably not something I would like.
1: I, I want to just conquer the fear, but I know I'd probably get in that plane and... No! Get me in the plane to start. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah. You don't like planes. Yeah. Well, we're going to get used to them soon. So, the non-functioning reserve chute mm-hmm. that would have been used in classroom demonstrations was the one... Bleh, was the one was one of the ones not found on the plane. Okay. This initially led the FBI to speculate that Cooper wasn't an experienced parachutist because someone that would have someone that was would have noticed that it was a dummy shoot. Mm. But maybe he was experienced and had another use for it. Earl Cossey, remembered... Blah, 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 blah. Remember the man who packed the parachutes, Earl Cossey. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he speculated that Cooper removed the sewn together canopy and used the empty reserve container as an extra money bag. This was supported by Tina Muckloat and her testifying that she recalled seeing Cooper attempting to pack money inside a parachute container. Hmm. Recovered ransom money. We get all the stuff on the plane. Let's look at the ransom money. Yeah. Speaking of the ransom money, was any of it found? Yes, but only $5,800 of it was found, and it was found buried in sand. On February 10th, 1980, an eight-year-old boy, eight-year-old boy named Brian Ingram and his family were on vacation on the Columbia River at a beachfront about nine miles downstream from Vancouver, Washington. Mm-hmm. Brian was raking the sand, Riverbank, in an attempt to build a fire when he uncovered three packs of the ransom money. Mm -hmm. The money had disintegrated from its lengthy exposure to the elements, but they were still bound together in their rubber band. Yeah. The The FBI's analysis of the money confirmed that it was indeed a portion of the ransom money Cooper had demanded. The serial Serial codes matched. Mm-hmm. Two of the packets, they still had all $100, $100, sorry, all $120 bills. But the third pack only had 90 of the $100 bills, or of the $20 bills. Mm-hmm. Many speculated that this, was, this was washed ashore and pointed to the bills being disintegrated in a rounded fashion and matted together. Although this doesn't explain the missing 10 $20 bills from the third pack or the fact that the three packs remained together and after separating from the rest of the money. Also, the rubber band, if it was coming from the water and washed ashore, the rubber bands would have been disintegrated by that point in time. Yeah. This is nine years after. Yes. Uh, 1980. So, yeah, 19 19 years after. Sorry. Nine years after, after. My bad. In 1974, a corp of engineers... Did a dredging operation on that part of the river, 1974. Geologist Leonard Palmer of Portland State University found two distinct layers of sand and sediment between clay deposited on the riverbank by the dredge and the sand and sediment sand where the bills were buried. Mm-hmm. That was a mouthful. Sorry. That's all Just good. Two different sands. Beautiful. This indicated that the money arrived on the beach long after the dredging had been completed. Okay. That's all the ransom money uh
0: evidence. Dope. But so, money made it to the ground somehow.
1: Made it to the ground, buried under the sand after nineteen seventy four, which was Not all three of that, years. Though. Exactly. Just three packs. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't think I talk about it here. So there's there's a theory which we'll get into about the money and what possibly he did and why this was found in an attempt to dupe the fbi and all Mm -hmm. that anyways but that's that that's saying uh, dredging is when they they scrape shit on the bottom right Right. i just wanted to make sure i had that right so if some money was in the lake then wouldn't have been found then not lake the river sorry yeah i know what you're saying
0: Hmm. i don't
1: know i don't know i'm not smart enough to know these things Mm -hmm. but the fbi didn't just stop it just Wow, that's a lot of adjusting. The FBI didn't stop at just investigating the physical things they found on the plane. They also did an extensive land and air search operation in an attempt to locate D.B. Cooper immediately after the incident or any of the items he jumped out of the plane with. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, defining a certain area to search was difficult due to the multiple variables and parameters. Mm-hmm. You have the jet's estimated airspeed that varied and... The environmental conditions along with the flight path varied with the aircraft's location and altitude.
0: Yeah, because they, they picked a destination, mm-hmm. but didn't pick a course 100% certain that the ground had known, so right. it was going off Captain's log and memory. You
1: just had a guess where it was. Yeah. Also, the fact that only Cooper would have known how long he was in free fall before pulling the ripcord, which would make a big difference on where he landed. The A the A. The Air Force F-106 pilots never saw anyone jump from the plane and radar never detected a deployed parachute. You have to remember that this is you have to remember that this was a man wearing a black's outfit jumping into the moonless night. In a storm. In a storm. There was limited visibility because of the cloud cover and a lack of any ground lights where he jumped. Mm -hmm. Make it very hard to visually confirm someone jumped out of a plane.
0: Also very hard for the jumper to (laughs) land safely. (laughs) That too.
1: Yes, especially, I think it was a forest area. It was. So it's even better. The T-33 pilots never made visual contact with the 727, so they just saw nothing Mm -hmm. at all. They didn't even get there. They were too slow. Mm -hmm. Hurry the fuck up. On the best day of the year... Wrong year, just the best day. On December 6, 1971, FBI agent, I'm sorry, FBI director at the time, J. Edgar Hoover, or as I usually like to call people, J. Edgar Hynek, uh, (laughs) J. Edgar Hoover, Hoover, (laughs) Hoover. (laughs) Uh, approved the use of an Air Force SR-71 Blackbird to retrace and photograph Flight 305's flight path. This was an attempt to locate the items that Cooper carried with him on his jump. The Blackbird made five flights to retrace, to retrace the route of the f- plane. But due to poor visibility, the attempts were unsuccessful. Yeah. In an experimental recreation of the event, the FBI used the same aircraft and flight configuration, and they pushed a 200-pound sled out of an open air stair. They were able to reproduce the upward motion of the tail section and the brief change in cabin pressure described by the crew members. Mm-hmm. Cooper land, Cooper's landing area was initially placed a few miles southeast of the aerial Washington. Of aerial Washington. Not the. They're not Z, the aerial Washington. Uh, near Lake Merwin. The FBI and sheriff's deputy searched large areas of the heavily wooded area on foot and by helicopter. doctors. Eh. They did door-to-door searches of form, form houses in the area and searched parties ran... I said that really weird, I did. didn't I? Wow. <laughs> searched parties? <laughs> party. Uh, oh, God. Like we did, Im- there's it, a party over here. Let's search it. He might an, be there. It's an imprint. He's party. not here, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> This is just my buddy Darnabas. <laughs> <laughs> hey Darnabus, what's your last name? Pooper. Oh, that's really weird. What's that's your middle name? Strange. <laughs> Billy. Darnabas Billy Pooper. Oh, all right. Very close. Hey, have a good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for DB Cooper. <laughs> uh, they did door-to-door searches of farmhouses in the area and search parties ran patrol boats along Merwin, along Lake Merwin and Yale Lake. Neither Cooper or any of his things were found. Mm -hmm. The FBI then coordinated another aerial search along the entire flight path. This time they approved the use of missiles. (laughs) (laughs) No, they used fixed-winged aircrafts and helicopters for the Oregon Army National Guard equipped with heat-seeking missiles. (laughs) Uh, I don't know any other missiles. (laughs) That's the only missile I was going for. Uh, No, the only thing they found was broken treetops in several places of... Several pieces of plastic resembling parachute canopies, but nothing from D.B. Cooper was ever found. Mm-hmm. So they really did do a good search. But then, oh, then in 1972, shortly after the spring thaw, yeah, FBI agents aided in, aided by 200 soldiers from Fort Lewis, along with United States Air Force personnel, National Guardsmen, and civilian volunteers. Civilian heroes. hmm Conducted another thorough ground search. They've been searching the shit out of the ground. They wanted that bastard. They're like, we're going to find you, motherfucker. They didn't. They did this for 18 days in March and 18 days in April. So, twice. A marine salvage firm also used a sub to search the 200 foot depths of Lake Merwin.
0: That's pretty dope. Yeah. I would they get a sub in there?
1: I'm assuming it's one of those um, non manned sub or, or the smaller oh, ones or man. something. I was excited. I think they got an <laughs> old nuclear sub in there. <laughs> We're going to airlift this motherfucker down. Boop. Boop. I see nothing. That's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like Merwin is attached to somewhere they can secretly get a sub in there. I'm looking <laughs> up how big Merwin is. <laughs> I want to know if they get a sub in there for Canon's sake. Huge fucking sub. Yep. <laughs> Nuclear you, one. How is that spelled? Lake, lake, Merwin. Oh, it right Merwin. Here.
0: That's a big, that's a big lake. You can, you can get a sub in there. Yeah.
1: is there any connection to an ocean?
0: Um, It's connected to many other things. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But
1: our river's big enough for a fucking sub to come in. Let's the, be honest.
0: Not the river that feeds it. Not the river uh, that feeds it. I'll give you that one.
1: I'm sure there were just. I'm still saying
0: canonically there. that there was a, a military submarine. Yeah, they had it. a
1: big nuclear sub in there. They had. They were ready to fucking nuke the motherfucker if they found him. They You're them. You're embarrassing us. Oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> Johnny, he's right below us. You know what that means, right? Oh shit!
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. You get a sub in that bed, bitch.
1: Oh yeah, they just airdropped it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, at the end of this extensive search and recovery <laughs> And there's no more water in Lake Merwin now. Uh, well at the end of this extensive search and recovery operation, they uncovered no significant material evidence related to the Cooped case. Great. Good waste of time. Cooper. Cooper case. Yeah. I don't know why I autocrapped to cooped. More because they were Wow. Took a journey. And a ride. Auto um, autocorrected to coop. What were you gonna say? I interrupted you with autocorrect. I don't remember. <laughs> I wiped your brain. <laughs> Excellent. It worked. So there's no evidence that Cooper safely landed on the ground. No parachute, nothing of his belongings, <laughs> nothing. Therefore, he must have met his fate on that jump, whether it be in a body of water or a remote, unsearched area of woods, right? Maybe. What? Well, just five days after the hijacking, a Reno newspaper received a letter that were, that was thought to be from Cooper himself. Mm-hmm. The letter was postmarked from Oakdale, California, and consisted of letters that were cut and pasted into words from newspaper clippings. Your classic serial, Dubious. Killer. <laughs> Your classic serial killer letter. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there a movie that had that? T- oh, Riddler from Batman.
0: Yeah, and I think Zodiac did it too. Because uh, the Zodiac Killer did do that. The first Riddler. But no, yeah. The Zodiac Killer did not do that. The Zodiac Killer had s- codes and symbols. Idiot.
1: Fucking I know man. what you're talking about, but I don't remember the who it was. Go ahead. Anyways. Anywhere. They, the, the letter that is read, Attention, thanks for hospitality, was in a rut. <gasps> D.B. Cooper. <clears throat> oh... Oh shit! Thanks for hospitality. Thanks for hospitality. This is Reno, so I'm assuming that it was meant for the airport, yeah, or whatever. Who cares?
0: That's how I'm gonna end every uh, whenever I leave <laughs> anybody's house from now on. Thanks for hospitality.
1: Uh, the Reno Evening Gazette published yeah. the letters on its front page that evening, mm-hmm. which people were not happy about because, subsequently, years after, there were many copycats. Uh, letters, so yep. it makes it very difficult to really figure out who wrote who, who right. wrote who. <laughs> no, DB wrote them. Uh, the egg. <laughs> on December second, four days after, or four days later, another letter arrived with similar cutout wording. Mm-hmm. This one read: "Plan ahead for retirement income." DB Cooper, <laughs> he's giving life advice now. Make sure you plan ahead for that retirement income. <laughs> Woo Hold a plane
0: hostage, he says. <laughs> get that retirement bonus.
1: Jesus Christ. Well, no, no. If you plan ahead, you won't have to do that, right? That's true. That's yeah. true. He might have been fucked. Get fucked. Glenn Cook, a Seattle lawyer, is convinced... To, I love how I just immediately went into my like, reading voice. No. Ha, get fucked! Glenn Cook, <laughs> a Seattle lawyer, is convinced that the letters to the Reno paper were from Cooper in an attempt to taunt the FBI... And that they hold clues to the question everyone wants to be answered. Who is D.B. Cooper? Who is he? Multiple letters were sent to various locations in the weeks that followed. Uh, I think six confirmed letters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fifth one was declassified by the FBI in 2017, I think it was. That sounds about right. Yeah, and it, it basically was him saying... I knew I wasn't going to be caught. I left no fingerprints. I wore a wig. I had putty on my face, like, you know, mm-hmm. to match ma- uh, mask my appearance and blah, blah, blah. So Long story short. But people are using that as a conspiracy that the FBI was in on it and didn't want to be embarrassed by the fact that they couldn't, not in on the hijacking, but that oh, they hid I stuff because they didn't want to be embarrassed by the fact that they, they, they couldn't find them. I um, gotcha, But I didn't get into that because I was like, well, oh, this is just... Yeah. Nah, No. nah, No. Well, on July 8th, 2016, the FBI announced that the active investigation of the D.B. Cooper case was being suspended. They stated the need to focus their investigative resources and manpower on issues of higher and more urgent priority. Mm-hmm. What's more urgent than a 45-year-old fucking cold case? <laughs> that The guy's probably dead at that point.
0: that literally nobody was injured
1: in. (laughs) Right? Literally, yes. Yeah, As you said, local field offices would continue to accept any legitimate physical evidence related specifically to the parachutes or to the ransom money that may emerge in the future. The crime remains the only unsolved case of air piracy in commercial aviation history. Mm -hmm. But in 2019, the FBI released a report indicating that roughly three hours after Cooper's jump out of the plane, there was a burglary reported at a small grocery store near Hyson, Washington, which is apparently a near location where he jumped. Mm-hmm. Is a near location to where he jumped, yeah. uh, supposedly jumped. This was a community that was in the calculated drop zone that Northwest Airlines presented to the FBI back in 1972. Mm-hmm. It was noted that the burglar only took survival items like beef jerky and gloves. Great. There have been many suspects to whom D.B. Cooper was. Damn near everyone is him, actually. Yeah, pretty much. But let's now take a look into a couple of the more credible and could-it-be
0: ones. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hut, 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 I caught it. As you said... Well, for uh, once, finally, you caught it. Is- like, I think it was like a 1,000 people that they considered a suspect or something that over the whole ton. course of the investigation of Norjack. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah.
1: I didn't Lots get into it because you're doing the suspects. Correct.
0: So I picked three of them. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Richard Floyd McCoy first. All right, Dick McCoy. Yep. What's he got? The f- top suspect for many of from the FBI in the investigations that followed is Richard Floyd McCoy. I just love the name. Junior, I think.
1: <laughs> I really do. Richard Floyd McCoy.
0: Got the three names. McCoy was arrested five months after the Cooper hijacking for a similar hijacking and parachute air escape.
1: Oh, do you look anything like Cooper? Uh, I'll, get in a, in a <laughs> I'll get there in a fucking second. <laughs> fucking second. Shut your <laughs> mouth. So, uh,
0: <laughs> um, fuck. Um, he armed himself with a pistol and a hand grenade. Oh, a hand grenade. Yeah. I hope he didn't pull the pen. And demanded $500,000 cash and four parachutes on a trip from Newark to L.A. After an exchange, he ordered the plane to be rerouted to Mm -hmm. San Francisco before taking off again and heading east, as he requested, where he jumped over Utah.
1: Oh, boy.
0: He was caught within days and sentenced to 45 years in prison, which he escaped from and died in a police shootout. This man is a legend. Uh, is he though? He no, seems he's like not. a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> did he hurt anybody?
1: Uh, huh? Probably. Police shootout. Uh, yeah, well, he died down. in a police shootout. Yeah, he probably did hurt someone. Well, yeah, he just. I'll save that till Thursday. Okay, I was
0: really confused. There's a lot of noises and starts to this. I make a lot of noises
1: over here. Don't mind me.
0: <laughs> the FBI says that he was ruled out because he. Didn't match the nearly identical physical descriptions of Cooper provided by two flight attendants, but was narrowed, er, but was ruled out for other reasons.
1: Can I ask real quick? Yeah. You said six months after?
0: Five. Five months after. Five five months after. So
1: we're still in 1970. uh, 71. Didn't it happen in November?
0: Yes, it did. So we're 72. 72.
1: So we're not... And the last composite sketch, so they're still going off the first composite sketch. My question is, how close do you look to the last composite sketch? Well. Anyways, that was just a thought I was thinking. No, no, no. <laughs> was
0: a thought I was thinking. We're going straight from the source here. The two steward, uh, flight attendants.
1: Okay, all right. My fault. I gotcha. thought you said by the description given by them. No. no okay, all right. No, so no, they no. actually looked at them. I'm pretty positive. They, they got eyes on prize, and they said, nope. That's not the beautiful soul we
0: saw. Man, that ain't him. Um, but yeah, so ruled out and uh, was killed. But many people debunked. Uh, many people say that that is their. He is their top suspect. Okay. Um, another one. This one's a little odd. Okay. In 2000, CBS ran a story from uh, about a widow from Florida named Joe Weber. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now Joe Weber claimed that her on her husband's deathbed, he mm-hmm. admitted to her that he was in fact D.B. Cooper. She said that he, as he was dying, he motioned her to come close. Come here, come here <laughs> and said, "So I, dramatic." I have a secret to tell you. I am Dan
1: Cooper Oh, and then died. On my deathbed, I'm going to do something similar to you. <laughs> come here, come here. Mm-hmm. What's that? I've been an alien this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the Matrix is real.
0: <laughs> uh. It is real. <laughs> Just in a simulation. Got to have like a last gasp yeah, too. The, uh, and then Deadpool it and be like, nope, I thought that was it. It still got a little more. Oh, here it is.
1: <laughs> Doctor, why is this still beeping? I don't know why he's whispering like he's dying. I mean, we just pulled a fucking tooth, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so, yeah, and then he fucking died. Um, but the FBI ruled him out in 2007
1: when DNA confirmed that he was not Darnabas Baines Cooper at all. Ah, uh, who was he? Wait, wait, how did DNA rule them out when they didn't have DNA because they kept fucking it up? I don't know, but in 2007. Good point, good point. 2007, <laughs> they ruled it out. <laughs> I don't believe them anymore.
0: Um, the final suspect I shall talk about is Robert Rackstraw.
1: Woo, let's get to this now, one.
0: Robert Rackstraw That's is wild. a top suspect, again, for many people. Yes, mine too. Rackstraw a- was a decorated helicopter pilot in, v- in the Vietnam War. He had an extensive parachuting. There it is. <laughs> Geronimo! Dinner nail! Oh, credence. Clark's playing. <laughs> he C-R. C-R, yes. Yep. He had an extensive parachuting experience mm-hmm. and was brought into the case as a suspect when two investigators from California noted that he had a resemblance to the sketch of Cooper Ooh. while investigating him for another crime, which I'm pretty sure he murdered his stepfather.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that I don't, I don't condone that action. No, uh,
0: he was discharged from the military uh, for disobeying orders, and I believe a, killing his stepfather. Uh, no, no, those no. after, <laughs> and uh, for I believe taking helicopter joy rides, which he was a helicopter pilot, so well, he would just man, take him out without.
1: I would too, wouldn't you?
0: Uh, probably. And if I would. I, had, I if I if I signed up for the two hours of free time, then yes, I would. Yes, I would. and
1: I would. Just bang out metallic or something. <laughs> boom, Not oh, That's fucking like Rob Zombie. Whatever.
0: Dig through <laughs> the ditches and burn. <laughs>
1: Fuck. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not a big
0: rock guy. I am. I know you are. Supposedly. But what am I? The letters that were sent out to the various news outlets, he said. Yes? Supposedly following the hijacking, some investigators claimed to have decoded hidden messages in them mm-hmm. mentioning Rackstraw's name and military rank specifically.
1: But that could be one of those scenarios where you can get hidden message and basically anything if you look hard enough for it. Yeah,
0: what I would like to actually, actually. Yes. Don't knock. Knock knock on things here. Um, (laughs) I like to knock on things. I was about to say uh, that I would like to see how they explain this um, because I couldn't find it. But then I remembered oh, yeah, they just came out with a documentary on Netflix um, about DB Cooper, uh, about this. The guy who came up with this theory about decoding messages. So I might have to check that out to see what kind of messages they got out of it.
1: It's just, it's one of the, it really is one of those scenarios that you can almost find a message. You can go through our notes and find a message that I'm D.B. Cooper, I bet.
0: Right, right, right. Probably. Um, Could be. But he was dismissed as Cooper for a few different reasons. Okay. One being that he was 28 at the time of the hijacking, whereas Mm. Cooper was described to be in his 40s. Okay. Another was that the flight attendant also did not see the resemblance in Rackstraw with Cooper, as you said. But, knowing from that
1: first note, if he said he put shit on his face, you never know. Uh, There's the fifth note, but yes. Yes, that was really. That's what I meant, yeah. If he put putty on his face, then he could make himself look older, right? Yeah. Talented enough. He had the experience with the parachuting. Mm -hmm. All that. We're getting into final thoughts territory, but. While we're thinking about it. Yeah. What are some of your theories? presented the facts it's time now to examine the evidence and give our theories so pull up a chair for our final thoughts <laughs> science science <clears throat> so
0: let's All talk right. about some theories All and right. our final thoughts on what these theories
1: credibility is and who we think okay it All was right. So, I didn't do any research on theories. I left that to my, my compatriot over there. Well I, mean, well, I can talk so about my theories first. No, no, no. I'm saying, so I'm going to give you one theory I have. Raksha. Okay. I think he's Raksha. I like the theory that he was in Vietnam. He was air pilot. He knew how to parachute with the Army um, parachutes that he was given. Yeah. Um, not steering. So, mm-hmm. And he, if I remember correctly, Raksha jumped out of the back of plane or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, he had like a parachute similar, experience. I mean, like, similar to what they had with yeah. the 727.
0: There was another thing that about the parachutes mm-hmm. um, is that in the investigation, they flipped back and forth multiple times on whether they thought that he was either an experienced parachutist mm-hmm. or he was inexperienced yes. at parachuting. Um, and this also made them rule out or discount suspects depending on what way they thought at the time. So... So that's, well, that's another weird that's, thing. It's a great way to investigate.
1: Right? It's like, make up your mind because, and go
0: with that theory. Because they were like, well, he had to have been experienced to know that the one was a dummy shoot. Right. Then they were like, well, he took it, though, so maybe he didn't know. But he jumped out in the middle of the night in a storm, so he had to have been inexperienced to have done that. But he had to have been experienced to be able to survive that. It's like, just fucking just take that out of account. <laughs> I make it credible, make right. it don't credible.
1: you know what I'm saying. The way I see that him taking the dummy parachute was immediately when I saw that I was like, yeah, he packed it with the fucking money so I could just strap but the it shoot wasn't front.
0: left by. wasn't left behind though.
1: I know I don't know where the fuck' shoot was, so and he's you know. not gonna do it midair. <laughs> 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 just grab now this guy shit, I really should have thought about this before, Jim, Jim. <laughs> The fuck are you? <laughs> uh,
0: oh, just, I do this every Tuesday. <laughs> Good luck, sir.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, like a sugar, sugar bear. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, that guy was great. Oh, <laughs> who are fuck. you? Bob See, Lazar. Lazar. <laughs> who the fuck is Bob Lazar? <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Son of a bitch.
0: He's got a cool anti-gravity parachute. <laughs> That's right. He actually has just a jetpack.
1: <laughs> Fueled by element 115. Oh, fuck. Um, anyway, sorry, dude. Fuck the no. theory. <laughs> That's all right. Uh I don't remember where I was going. Uh oh, the parachutes. The parachute. Uh, that is a good point. Nobody found the parachute. So I don't know who well nobody knows who the fuck he was. Correct. I would say out of the suspects you gave in, all the ones I saw would be Rackshaw's my favorite. Yeah. Um as for after he jumped, I think he survived and buried the evidence mm-hmm. somewhere in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a theory that he landed, rendezvoused with someone in the area. They mm-hmm. like had a, a planned area where him to land, and he was about 1,500 feet off the area. He did a great job. Got in the truck. They drove to a lake. They took um, – no, no. There's a plane circling too. Okay. So in the truck, he gave 150000 of the dollars to the person in the truck. They drove off. Person in the plane landed, picked him up. He took the le- remaining fifty thousand, went to a lake, dumped it so that they hopefully would find it, mm-hmm. and then, um, would was rule him out as dead, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a way to get away with it. Mm-hmm. Then it never happened, and there was a theory that he then took the money and then buried it in the sand in nineteen eighties to, you mm-hmm. know, have it discovered there. You're pretty blah, smart blah, if blah. you did something like that. Uh, because I don't really understand how literally everything disappeared. There, there should be a trace of something.
0: Something, but he also.
1: But if it was buried,
0: there's not many. There's not many things factors in this case of like evidence. Sorry, I hit that. There's not many things like uh, he had a tie. He left that. Yeah. But other than that, is what he had his clothes that he had on. Parachutes. He had two parachutes. <clears throat> he had a bag of money in his briefcase. That's, yeah, that's pretty where he much it. Did take it. the briefcase? Yeah. Like that's pretty much it. They never found the briefcase. Hmm. So it's kind of be that interesting. It'd be kind of awkward to skydive down with a briefcase in your hand. Your- hey, that's dedication, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he used it as like a rudder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why the briefcase is way up here. I don't know either. <laughs> it has its own parachute. I guess so it's not a bomb. Actually, the little end just pops out, and it's just a parachute. <laughs>
0: Thing. Maybe there's a little motor built into it, so that when he's parachuting, he
1: can. <laughs> he like, sits on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh.
1: Shit just got even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He actually works for We're the Ministry of Magic. Wide open. <laughs> Ministry of Magic. Yeah, Harry Potter. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so Don't. that that's. I have my own theory, but I want to hear. What you came, what you researched. Okay, so I found this
0: really cool theory on Reddit, and then I will tell you my theory. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm going to give you guys a quick read of this because I mm-hmm. think this mm-hmm. is pretty fascinating. Uh, this comes to us uh, from Reddit user um, Deleted. They are no longer on here anymore.
1: No, that's actually there's their name, Deleted. Mm, maybe,
0: possibly. It's Bob Lazar. All right, so I'm going to read what they said. This hinges on some or all of the air crew being responsible for the hijacking. Um. They got a friend to buy a ticket under the name of Dan Cooper, and then a second ticket in their own name. This friend boarded and then pretended to hijack the plane by threatening the stewardess, who was in on the plot. Once the money was on board, the person identified as D.B. Cooper got off the plane in Seattle with the rest of the passengers and the money. The plane took off, flew until it was dark, and then the four remaining crew opened the door, tossed out the parachutes and a small amount of money, expecting it to be found as evidence he jumped and then landed and everyone spends 50 years looking for someone who never really existed at all and wasn't even on the plane when they were supposed to have jumped. The crew, who had almost all the interaction with him, gives a false description. He refused to talk to anyone apart from the air crew. The blinds were closed on the ground so no one could see in. None of the other passengers were even aware of the plane being hijacked and so didn't pay any attention to him during the flight. He could easily have taken off his sunglasses in disguise, and no one would recognize him as he got off with everyone else, and the authorities would have never checked bags because the air crew said he was still on board. He was on the flight in his own name, and there'd be no extra person versus the passenger list because there was also an extra seat next to him that was open. <clears throat> The crew was also easily the crew could have easily faked the extra person while doing the manifest to hide the fact that the plane was one person short when it took off. The air crew would have been would have known all the information about how to fly low and slow, open the back door, and so on, but wouldn't have been an expert parachute wouldn't have been expert parachutist, which explains why the FBI think he was a pilot but not an expert parachutist. Uh It's also possible that they threw all the money out expecting to be able to recover it, but never found it, which is why it was never spent. That's uh, just a little side note from the guy at the end. So that's one theory. Interesting. Very interesting, interesting. yeah. Yeah. Um, That he might not have existed at all. There was an inside job. Um,
1: Yeah. I would also kind of explain the tie, though, with all the metal scraps on it with it the... Yeah. Who knows? I mean, they didn't work in... Med- no. It, it fits a lot of the story, mm-hmm. but also it doesn't fit other portions of the story. So it's As just like every theory. theory.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have two theories in my head. Yes. Um, My first theory is that the one I'd like to believe, which may sound horrible of me, um, but I'd like it if he made it to the ground safely. Mm-hmm. And he... Just got
1: away with it because he didn't hurt
0: anybody. He didn't hurt him, but He just, he, he lived out his days. He stuck it to the man. He spent that money. He just was a good dude. I like to, I like to think of him as the D.B. Cooper portrayed in Without a Paddle. Is that he ended up surviving and just lived as a her, right. hermit in the I woods. Yeah, dude, Yeah, I love that movie.
1: Burt Reynolds, I think his name yep. was, right? <clears throat> I think his name was. He's still alive. Yeah. Whoopsies. Uh, just
0: lived in a cabin in the woods and, uh, yeah. I like that. Uh, the other theory cool. is is that um, this one's a little more comedic and dark. Um, but oh, he had cool. one parachute for the money and one parachute for himself, and uh, he opened both chutes at the same time, only to watch the money float up above him as he had the training chute and plummeted.
1: <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> but there would be a body.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I know. I, no, I, I is, don't think any of those suspects are him. I don't no? think I, I think that he got away. Or, well, he still got away, even if the suspect was him. I misspoke. I think that he was unknown. Okay. They don't know who he was, who he is, whether because he did such a fantastic job on this mm-hmm. crime, it was a mm-hmm. perfect crime, that he just got away with it completely, or the fact that he might have died. But mm-hmm. either way, I don't think it was any of those
1: suspects. I do like that last think he's the Reddit unknown. theory. It's yes. very interesting. It is. I don't have enough time and manpower to think about that right now. But <laughs> manpower, what? Um, but intriguing. I was running off the theory that it was an inside job as well, but I was going with that he didn't leave the plane, that he worked for. Um, was it Boeing? All right? No, North, Northeast, Northwest Orient. Yes. Um, maybe he was manufacturing, or maybe he was a higher up. Whatever. And that he was working with the stewardess, mm-hmm. and um, when everything went down, he opened the back of the plane. He, the pilots were not in it, in on it. Uh, yeah. He opened the back of the plane, made it seem like he jumped out, and then he took his stuff and went to like a secret compartment or some shit that mm-hmm. only <laughs> secret, secret well, only like I only know. someone who worked. On I it. tried. I really tried to find something to support this theory. That's why. I don't think it actually happened anymore. Oh, great. I was trying to look for specs on the plane, and then I was like, well, this has got to look weird in my Google history. <laughs> so I quickly abandoned that. I was like, I don't need them, on I me. Mean, I'm not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> then I said 1970s, 727 Boeing airplane. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to abandon this theory, and I'm just going to say it, but there's no facts to support it. So I, my, I, I'm going to run with the Reddit theory. I like that theory a lot. Dope. Did you have your own theory? You said, "I did." I said that. Okay, all right. Uh, my bad. I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> fuck you. I guess so. Nah, joking. Um, so yeah, those are our theories. The curious case of DB. I'm assuming that was our theories. Yes, that was. Maybe it was our theories. It was it. was, your it. It was, that was all. Of them. I don't know. It was it. The FBI theory. Beans, theory. Of the FBI said, "Fuck it. I don't really fucking know. Go away." The curious case of DB Cooper is one that is a masterclass on how to get away with a crime. Whoever he was, whether it be a former Vietnam vet. That is that, that in his anger, with a dishonorable discharge decided to stick it to the man
0: and kill his stepfather
1: and kill his stepfather, or that he is just an extremely intelligent or lucky man, or that he didn't exist at all. And it was all an inside job with the four crewmen. The fact remains that he or they got away with one of the most famous heists in US history. And that's our theory, and we're sticking to it. Yes, we are. Hit him with that intro, <laughs> maestro. What? Hit him with the outro, maestro. <laughs> well, ladies, and gentlemen, squatches, and squatches,
0: and... Possibly squatches. Mystery unknown heisters, hijackers. Thank you all mm. so much for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to reach out to us... And let us know your thoughts and opinions. You can do so by finding us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on our glorious YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button for auto downloads to listen first thing every Monday morning because you know you need our sweet, sweet voices in your ear holes on your morning drive That's right. we soothe your ride from the road rage. Yeah, I still have it. Thank you all. Thank you all, and to all of our Patreon members that help keep this podcast a reality. We are grateful for your continued support. If you haven't yet become a member and would like to support us, head to our Patreon, or if you're feeling a little classy, check out our merch selection on our website to visually show your support to your friends and family. Yes, sir. Drop us a five-star rating and write us a review. Tell us what you love and how you are enjoying the show. And on that note, be sure to check out our socials today, uh, Monday the 10th. 10th. Is it eleventh, twelfth, Monday, the something? I just <laughs> closed out the calendar. Monday the twelfth. Monday the twelfth. So be sure to check it out today, um, so we can announce the giveaway for our two um, reviewers who gave uh, who gave us a glorious review that we've chosen at this future time, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a couple weeks away. A couple weeks. Um, Wedding's almost here. We'll announce it. Don't speak words like this to me. <laughs> Uh, Share us on your socials and tell your cryptid loving friends and family about us. Subscribe, hit the bell, and like the videos on YouTube. Bing! This all helps us to grow and bring you even more great content for you to enjoy. Absolutely. Join us next Monday for our next incredible episode. You may write us, rate us, review us, but remember to always stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my Sasquatch.
1: He's actually DB Cooper. (gasps) Peace! I knew it! See ya! (laughs) back on garth i'm ready
0: 16 17 18
1: <sighs> there we go we got our counts. got our counts in <laughs> all right <laughs> good <laughs> it was a little test mic mic test one two three four five six seven, nine, seven, seven, five, six, six, seven. don't touch my scratch all right don't eat you're good I know i'm good i fucking know i'm good but am i great Transition into Lennon's Suspects. We're going to cut that. Why did I read that? <laughs> Got it. I'll cut it. Or I guess that's getting cut. Oh, well, what are my theories? I don't know. Push the button. All right. <laughs> the curious case of D.B. Cooper is one of the... Matt. What? <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs>
0: Barnabas Baines Cooper. Oh, good lord. Lord day, lord day. <laughs> one, two, three. Ow. I think that was it.